The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Obviously not the season he expected, uh, nor, the, nor the Colts as a whole, and uh, so feel bad for Matt, but, but ultimately I feel that Nick gives us the best chance to win, and uh, that's the direction we're headed. We're not making nearly enough explosive plays and um, you know, not making plays in the red zone. And again, I've said this before, this is not all on Matt, right? I mean, this is, uh, this is us entirely on an offensive perspective, and, um, but that, you know, ultimately that leads into it. You know? And so I feel like Nick will give us a, a better chance to go win these last three games, and that's why we're headed that way. At the end of the day, we have to get teams out of playing their safeties at you know, seven yards. And, and you know, look, man, you, everybody watches all 22. You can see it, right? Clear as day. Um, and so we're, at some point, you have to challenge people vertically. Uh, again, that's not on one position. There's a number of positions that that's involved in. Uh, but, yeah, we have, we have to make that. Yeah, it's not on one position, but we're changing the quarterback <laughs> yeah. because the current quarterback right. can't push the safeties more than seven yards away from the line of scrimmage. Right. But it's not on one position, right? but we are changing the quarterback <laughs> to a guy who's been hiding in plain sight all year. This is so weird. It's like, who did Nick Foles piss off in Indianapolis? Seriously. Super Bowl MVP, unlike Matt Ryan. He got passed over for Sam Ellinger because I think they believed – that they could possibly develop Ellinger. Right. Let's find out. Let's right. see what his ceiling is. Let's see if the light comes on for him and he could become the guy that just kind of falls out of the sky into our laps, like our version of Tom Brady. That didn't work. They go back to Matt Ryan. They threw caution to the wind on the whole $17 million. And I'm telling you, that's got to be a factor here. Now that it's over, now that it's done, we pivot back to putting Matt Ryan in bubble wrap so we don't owe him $17 million by next March. I think that mindset has prevailed again. After what happened on Saturday, after that mess, you're just done. You're over. That's it. It's kaput. The only question is, did Jeff Saturday come back next year? And, hey, for as convinced as I was by halftime of Saturday's game that Jeff Saturday would be back, I'm exactly the opposite after what happened. I don't think he's got a very good shot, and now he's trying to do what he can with Nick Foles the final three games of the week, and we'll see if they can pull it off when they face the Chargers on Monday Night Football. 
ludicrous. Yeah, well, you know, you're right. That was a big blow, I think, to his future there the other night. I think when you take that into account and, you know, the the Monday night football game with maybe not calling the timeouts the proper way there, right, a few weeks ago, those are two, you know, not so good looks on your resume there as far as a head coach. So I, I, I'm I'm with you. It seems like it's trending towards – that won't be that, or he won't be the head coach next year. I think this is, you know, he said it right. This is something we talked about when they brought in Sam Ellinger. All right, it was, yeah, they. it's a quarterback that can't throw the ball down the field. He's never had a real strong arm, but the arm has totally fallen off a cliff this year. And, you know, as we saw, I've, I've never seen a game where somebody's up 33 to nothing and the quarterback had 180 yards total for the game, right? I mean, he threw one... One play to Jelani Woods, who broke it up the sidelines a little. That was the big pass of the day. And then, yes, the fumbling and, you know, being careless with the ball. And he got away with even a few mistakes the other day against Minnesota where uh, you guys could have capitalized. But you know, I, it seems like to me that, yes, this is a positive because Nick Foles can push the ball down the field. And they have some guys that can stretch the field that way. And he's a bigger man who's not quite as old or in the, the deep part of his career where I think he's going to be more willing to stand in there and take shots to push the ball down the field. And for this isn't easy to say. This is a, a legend of the sport, but it just it seems like it's the end for Matt Ryan. I, I don't know, you know how you can evaluate it and look at it and not think that you know this might be his last year and we're coming down the home stretch of a, a great, great career he's had. Yeah, I mean, look, sometimes guys choose to walk away on their own at the right time. Sometimes they hang around longer than they should. And you could argue that Matt Ryan hung around longer than he should. But as your dad said, I'm not retiring until they pull the uniform off of me. And sometimes that means they pull the uniform off of you while you're playing that last year. Because right. it's just not good enough. And there's no shame in that. You, We all reach that point where the physical ability no longer can match what the history was and right. Matt Ryan is doing it before our eyes. I had a sense watching that game that early on there was enough noise about possibly Nick Foles entering against the Vikings. Right. Right. That, that if, if the Colts had fallen behind 17, nothing 21, six, whatever we may have seen Nick Foles in the second half. And, you know, when you're up 33 nothing, I, I bet one of the items of regret that Jeff Saturday has is not flipping from Ryan to Foles while the second half was unfolding and the Colts were just kind of gradually, methodically right. falling apart. That is there a moment? And I bet if you go back and watch that second half again, there's maybe a moment that would have been the right time in hindsight to take out Ryan and put in Foles. But how do you justify doing that, that when you've hard. got a 30 right. nothing lead that's that no right. one is ever going to ever right. be able to overcome? We can finish this out. We can get to the end with Matt Ryan. And the fact that they didn't probably was the final catalyst to just be done with it and move on to Nick Foles and see what he can do. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to pull the trigger with that. And you, you try to just ride the – the hand that got you to the 33-point you know, lead, even though we know it was more Vikings mistakes and the Colts defense and special teams that really set up the, the table for the 33-point lead. But, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's an unfortunate look. I think it's been a problem with their team you know, the whole year as far as when Matt Ryan's in a quarterback. 
Uh, it's why the run game didn't get to get off at times, too, because, the, yeah, there's the safeties are at seven yards, like Jeff Saturday's talking about. So they're always outnumbered in the box to a degree. And uh, it just I, where I feel for Matt Ryan is I hate that, you know, this, is, this seems like it's going to become the legacy a little bit is what happened. You know, just the, you know, social media, the memes, and now all the talk about, you know, of course, blown leads. He was already famous for a blown lead. And now this makes it like, I feel like a little bit where they're like, this is going to be definitely a part of his conversation after his career. You know, between this game, the Super Bowl, you know, the, what, the NFC Championship game where they were up against the 49ers the year the 49ers and Ravens played, right? Were they up 17 nothing in that game early on, right? Somewhere along that. And that's all you see people talk about now. And I don't think that's totally fair, but I know we're prisoners in the moment. Well, the reality is those Falcons teams that were very good a decade or so ago did have a reputation for blowing leads. They did. The ultimate right. blown lead right. came 28-3 in Super Bowl 51. And, yes, now the last time that you play for the Colts and maybe the last time you ever play at all is this 33 nothing debacle, the biggest blown lead in league history. So it's going to be hard for that not to be part of Matt Ryan's legacy, and it may keep him out of the Hall of Fame or it may make him wait longer than maybe he thought he'd ever have to to get in he is a regular season mvp he is higher on the all-time statistical stacks than you would think he played for a long time and and now the question becomes who would want him next year who's going to pay him to be on their roster and he's got 12 million he's making from the colts even if he's not on the team, he could just retire. He could walk away and take his $12 million and maybe he'll just do that because Joe Flacco is the only one entered the same year as Matt Ryan back in 2008. But Flacco is the only one that keeps hanging around, hanging around, holding a clipboard, a guy who was once the highest paid player in the sport. Not many guys are willing to do that. And the question becomes, is Matt Ryan willing to just kind of, you know, I'll, I'll be the backup for $4 million a year and not play. Uh, and and I don't know that, that opportunity is even gonna no I don't come his way Chris I don't after know what either. we've seen this year you're right you're right well Joe Flacco at least can push the ball and I think that's the, that's the difference where Flacco's willing to, I mean to a fault stand in there all day long at times and then he gets hit and fumbles uh, but his arm is still real uh, that's the one thing you hear from everybody when they go to Jets practices or you know you, you heard Garrett Wilson make a comment earlier this year I mean. He throws a pretty ball, and he can throw the ball with ease and 20-yard out routes and deep posts and all of that. So that's where, you know, it is a little different. And, yeah, we'll see. The Matt Ryan Hall of Fame discussion, that's a good one. Uh, maybe that's something we talk about in the offseason or whenever he retires. I, I don't know if he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. And I know the stats are going to look like that, but a lot of people's stats are going to look great from this era. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I would I would quite classify him as a Hall of Fame quarterback, in my hey, opinion. Hey, hey. Hey, if Matt Ryan gets in before Phil Simms gets in, that's a problem. And I'm not just saying that because you're my friend and it's Christmas time, but it's true. Yeah, thank you. It's true. Thank you. He won a Super Bowl. Phil won a Super Bowl, right? With one of the great performances of all time. So that seems to matter in the eyes of the folks who make those decisions. So Vegas actually isn't impressed by the shift to Nick Foles. It had been Chargers minus three. It's now Chargers minus 4.5 wow, I'm on Monday shocking. night afternoon of the quarterback change. So Ooh, I, mean, I, would... I just think it's just a sense of disarray and dysfunction yeah, for the right, Colts right. when you're making this change. It's like, yet again, this team has been 
ricocheting all over the place with quarterbacks this year. Here they go again, plunging into Jim Irsay field dysfunction. Yeah, I, I, maybe you're right. Maybe that's what it is. It's the overall feel. Me as the football guy, and I don't know how you feel, Mike. I mean, you sound like you're surprised too. I'd go, I'm, I'm shocked it didn't move a point and a half the other way. You know, now there's a little bit of a competitive advantage here to be had because I think there's going to be some plays unlocked in the playbook where the Chargers are going to be like, wait, we, we haven't seen that play on film this year. And, you know, now it's going to – Nick Foles, his ability to throw the ball down the field, he throws a nice deep ball, can throw it high up in the air where, you know, that's going to be a part of their offense that not, not necessarily the, the Chargers are going to be able to study for it. So I, I think there is something to be had there with a new element of the offense that – you know, you're not prepared for it, haven't got to see on film and not exactly sure how and when they're going to do it. Nick Foles, the most accomplished quarterback, at least as championships go, from the draft of 2012, which brought us Andrew Luck, RG3, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson. Nick Foles, the only Super Bowl champion and the only Super Bowl MVP from that entire group. Not only champion because Russell Wilson won one, but the only Super Bowl MVP the entire group. Okay, the Chargers, by the way, clinch a wild card berth. I mean, they were kind of like not left for dead, but it's amazing they can. They're getting clinch. close to it, right? They can clinch this weekend if they win, and if the Jets, Patriots, and Raiders lose, and two out of those three, I'd say, are likely. I don't know what the Jets are going to do tonight, but Steelers over the Raiders and Bengals over the Patriots. I. I wouldn't be surprised by that. But you yeah. get the Rams and Baker Mayfield. You get the Broncos. And who knows if they'll even trot out Russell Wilson for that one. Chargers in position to finish strong, carried into the postseason, and be a fascinating team if they let Justin Herbert cut it loose. Chargers looking pretty good. Chargers finally living up to the postseason hype or preseason hype where we all thought after what we saw last year, in week 18, the Sunday night game, the way Justin Herbert was flinging it and how close they were to get into the playoffs, this is the year. They fell off. We wrote them off. And now, as Geno Smith said, they didn't write back. Here they are, ready to, uh, to clinch a playoff spot. It's amazing. This weekend. It's a surprising turn of events. And yeah. it very well may save Brandon Staley and end any conversation or speculation about Sean Payton to the LA Chargers. Yeah, yeah, you know, and and again, I, I you know, I'm I'm a, I'm I'm one that would say I would support Brandon Staley being back. I mean, I know we have a few games here, um, but still I think there's a lot of positives to be taken from the Chargers and what they've done and things are going in the the right direction. And I think the biggest thing that you you always bring up and I think we've talked about it already this week is just yeah, they got to figure out the injury, the training staff, the rehabilitation people. There, there's something wrong there. I mean, it, this is, goes on before Brandon Staley. So I don't know what that is. But I, the one thing you look at, man, if they win, I mean, you laid it out, right? All three of those teams could definitely lose this weekend. And for that, for the Chargers to be able to clinch this weekend, I think is, is huge for a team that's, you know, like we're talking about, beat up to where maybe if they don't have to play week 18 and can truly rest and, you know, and get Bosa back out on the practice field and get him going and then get a Rashawn Slater back on, you know, the field again at the, as the left tackle position, 
you start to go, whoa, they're going to be scary if they're healthy and can come into town and with that quarterback like you're talking about. So an amazing change of events, and I'll give them a lot of credit for battling. I think that's where they deserve credit, even through some of those tough losses, but then to come back and beat Miami on Sunday night last week and and, overcome that hot the hotness of that football team, uh, I will say that you got to respect the Chargers' fight for sure. Christmas night features the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Hey, 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 hey. Didn't you get the memo? Oh. Not supposed to say bad things about the NBC game. I'm kidding. I didn't get the memo. Look, we all know. We all know. If somebody wants to be upset with us for stating reality, you've got to be a pretty hardcore Buccaneers fan or fan of the sport to tune in to watch Bucks Cardinals on Christmas night. Now, here's the argument. And I'm going to do my best here to earn my paycheck for the day. What else are you going to do on Christmas night? Really? What are you going to do? What else is on other than NBA basketball? What else is on that you would watch? How many times can you watch Elf? How many times can you watch A Christmas Story? How many times can you watch It's a Wonderful Life? We all know the stories. We know the beginning, the middle, and the end. We don't know what's going to happen. It's Tom Brady. How many more chances do you have the point, to watch right Tom Brady play right. football? This is one of the last few times you're going to get to see him on your TV, so you better enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Thank you very much. Make all checks payable. That's the point. I mean, I mean, that's the point. You're right. That's what I think of. I just go, well, yeah, it's it's not the greatest game, but this this might be one of the last three, four times we see Tom Brady, and we got to you know enjoy that for sure. I think there is there's something to that, and it's hey, this may be it until the playoffs because I don't think there's going to be any showcased Tom Brady Buccaneers games week seventeen or week eighteen. I don't think we're getting the. I, I mean, who knows? Maybe there's an NFC South championship game brewing out there that's going to get flexed into prime time. But I, I who can this go is it. seven this in this game? <laughs> yeah, this game and playoff if they make it. Yeah. This may be it. This may be. This may be. And I'm not just trying to sell here for people to tune in to NBC's Football Night in America starting at 7 p.m. Eastern, Christmas night, followed by kickoff at 8.20 or whenever it is that they start the game. This is reality. This may be the last time. This could be the last time you see Tom Brady in a football uniform. That's a reason to tune in. That's it. That's it. Okay. And that's real. That's not bullcrap. That's real. This may be the last time you ever see him. I finally... Finally talked myself into why I'm going to watch that game. Other than you know, it's our job, and we are supposed to watch those games. What well, what's crazy about the you know the NFC South and just what stinks is is like they could lose out and they could still win the division because there's no guarantee that any of these teams can win any games down the stretch. You know, I mean they'll they'll have to win one of them because they play play the play each other a little bit. I know that, but yeah, that that's what's kind of disappointing. I mean, I could see. Everybody in the NFC South losing this weekend except the Bucks. I mean, certainly. Uh, I have a hard time, you know, without Colt McCoy, it's going to be an uphill battle for the Cardinals against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, who, you know, did show a first half of football last week that was impressive. It's just what's the shocking thing is to execute and play the way they did in the first half and then to totally just disintegrate and look like, they're making mistakes like it's a rookie quarterback and they got guys that never played before starting to ha- in the second half. That was what's just shocking. I mean, you talk about Jekyll and Hyde performance by a football team. That kind of exemplified it right there. So the Bucks at 6 and 8, everybody else at 5 and 9, and like you said, they could lose the last 3 games and still 
win the division. And, and hey, once Tom Brady slips into playoff mode, it'll be game number 48 in the postseason for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. For Tom Brady, not for the Buccaneers. It's just amazing to think of the number of games he's played in a single elimination mindset, and I think that will serve him well. We talked about that yesterday. You compare him and potentially Aaron Rodgers to the playoff experience of Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, Brock Purdy, for crying out loud. Tom Brady is far more experienced than all of them combined. If he gets in, I wouldn't want him in. If I'm one of one, one of these other teams in the NFC looking at the playoff spot, I want the Panthers or the Falcons or the Saints. I want anybody but the Buccaneers to win that division, but but they should. And the spread now has gone from three and a half as the Tampa Bay favorite up to seven and a half now that Trace McSorley is in because Kyler Murray's out for the year with the torn ACL. Colt McCoy has the concussion. It's McSorley, a sixth-round pick of the Ravens in 2019. Didn't turn out to be their version of Tom Brady, who was a sixth-round pick of the Patriots in 2000. But McSorley getting his first NFL start, and, you know, good for him. He's hung around. He's fought through some adversity. He loves the sport or he would have given up by now. And he gets a chance to start a game on Christmas night against Tom Brady. And who knows what will happen. Maybe the Cardinals will have a surprise for the Bucs and cause them to lose another game while they continue their march of defeats all the way to the NFC South Championship. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, the NFL is crazy. We know that. And there, there are some playmakers on that Arizona football team, and specifically their defense. I mean, their defense has got some guys, and they got a scheme that can be crazy and create some havoc and chaos to, you know, as we saw last week. You know, would, would I be shocked if we're sitting there going, man, this game's closer because you know, the Bucks have fumbled and Brady threw an interception and got strip-sacked one time and they're only up by three in the third quarter with what we've seen from the Buccaneers this year? I would not be shocked by that at all. And let alone the league and this, this, the, the league has been crazy to all to begin with. But, uh, yeah, McSorley, he's a very good athlete. Um, his throwing is going to be the thing to watch. Just can he be consistently accurate and make the right reads and decisions and the appropriate throws off of that? You know, that, that's not necessarily his cup of tea there. And that's where, you know, I'll certainly be watching to see what he can deliver in that department. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. Some more preparation for Week 16 grab bag style when this Thursday edition of PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan-favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters 
both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Every pop star that rolls around has to do a Christmas album. Yes. Has right. to try to put their own right. twist on songs that were perfectly they were fine. Want to make this Christmas season lit? Well, then it's time for a merry f- PFT Christmas with such classics as Oh, it's a mother Thursday, which means it's my mother Friday. Doom, 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 painted black. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, when to fold them, know when to walk away, know when to run. You gotta do a mother read. You put it off till today, and now it's today. All I do is talk, 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 talk. All I do is talk, 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 talk. Mother talk, 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 talk. La 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 Lamar Jackson memories turn out the lights the party's over down 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 we have faded to black get your copy now Christmas album may not contain Christmas songs Merry Christmas to you. I, I think well that should done. be called Chris Sims and the E Street Band. <laughs> Shit, man, you got you got all the you're the, you're the only one that sits there and sings like a moron I'm the only the idiot. Exactly. knowing right. that anything you say can and will be used against you later. I know. I gotta you know I gotta use my energy some way, and just you know sometimes I gotta entertain myself on the break, and I I do forget that. We're still recording, and that's going to be used against me. But very well done by EJ. Very creative with some of the other songs on the side scroll there yes. too. Uh, some of the, they were they were they were very good. And way all, to go, all, Wyatt. All I yeah. All I want for Christmas is my two fat blunts. I saw that one. <laughs> yes, that was great. Yeah, he had some good ones. So well done by uh, Wyatt and EJ. Way to go, guys. All right, well done indeed, and off we go. Week 16 grab bag, Eagles-Cowboys. Once upon a time, the biggest game of the weekend, 425 p.m. Eastern, Christmas Eve, just before people get pulled into their family plans for the night. Great game. The only 425 game on Saturday. There's like eight or nine 1 o'clock games, a 4.05 game that's actually a pretty good one, and a 425 p.m. Eastern, Eagles-Cowboys, and now – most likely no Jalen Hurts. I mean, all the indications are no Jalen Hurts. Gardner Minshew uh, is is taking his place. And, and look, I, I mean, they've got Gardner Minshew for a reason. They value the backup quarterback job. Gardner Minshew played well last year. He played well in Jacksonville during his rookie season before they, they were so bad that they were able to get uh, Trevor Lawrence. Well, he was the starter for two years in Jacksonville. So uh, the guy can get it done. Um, I don't know that he can get it done against the Cowboys, Chris. Give me a scale of 1 to 10. Eagles offense with Gardner Minshew instead of Jalen Hurts, with 1 being a total disaster and 10 being exactly the same as it is with Hurts. What is it with Minshew? I'm going to say a 7. I don't think it's going to be – the element they're going to miss is just the quarterback design run and, you know, his ability to scramble, right? Now everything else is is top-notch about that football team. 
So, you know, and it's not like he's so, you know, lacks mobility to where they won't be able to like, hey, give the ball and he can run the read option if the defense end crashes and he can get some runs like that. That'll be a part of it. But, yeah, they're going to have to play a little bit of a different style and probably live through the drop-back pass game a hair more. That, that's for sure. But the one thing about them, and to me, this is where it, it almost plays into some good things here. One of the problems, like, they have no problems. They have no weakness on their team or their roster. My only thing when I really break them down t- at times, Mike, is just run the ball a little bit more. Give the ball to the running backs more. They are unstoppable. And whenever they've had a big drive the whole season, that's what they've done. Oh, they were down to the Colts and needed to have it, right? They ran the ball all the way down the field. The Cowboys came back on Sunday Night Football got close. They ran the ball right down the field. So they're going to be able to play off of that. And then, you know, like you talked about, he's smart. He's played a lot of football. In college and in the NFL, he's played a decent amount. And play action pass, you know, reading coverage, all that, he's going to be very good at that. So they'll lose an explosive ability, but – you know, again, this is this is a really good football team, and I don't think just because Gardner Minshew is in there that they're going to fall off the map here. By the way, Gardner Minshew missed a day of practice this week because he delivered a eulogy at Mike Leach's oh, man. funeral. Yeah. And there's a clip. There's a clip of Minshew in this room. I don't know if it's a church or what, but I mean, it's a funeral setting. Dropping an f bomb during the eulogy. That is Gardner Minshew, unfiltered, unvarnished, literally unwashed. And uh, he'll he'll come out and do what needs to be done. So I think the Eagles will be fine if they don't have Jalen Hurts. As it relates to all they need to do is win one game and they're the number one seed. And all indications are they'll have Hurts back for the postseason. Giants at the Vikings. Giants trying to cement their hold on the number six seed in the NFC. What's more likely in this one? The Vikings come back from down two scores or the Giants find a way to win a close game. Which one's more likely? Uh I feel like Giants winning a close game would be more likely just because I, I can't imagine the Giants getting up to a point where they're up by more than two scores or two scores in the game, right? Uh, I don't think it's crazy to think the Giants can win this game, um, but there's there's some problems that they're going to have defending the, the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, the, the Giants aren't good at stopping the run, and they like to play man-to-man coverage, and that's kind of goes right into Minnesota. Oh, now it's Justin Jefferson, man-to-man. Nobody can cover him that way. So they're going to have to have a specific plan. But, you know, to to you know what we know, and, of course, you know as being Mr. Viking man over there, the Giants are going to be – I would be shocked if the Giants can't move the ball on Minnesota a little bit too and run the ball and play action. Anybody and, can. Right. You and I could. It's the worst defense in football, and that's – it's crazy. I, I, I've never seen an 11-3 team like the Minnesota Vikings. It's, it's really one of the stranger things I can remember. Here's the reality, and I wished – in hindsight, I got so caught up in what the Vikings did in that Bills game, and they had, for me, the aura of this is the year for the right, Vikings. Right. And then they lose to the Cowboys 40-3. to It made me think of, and I should have thought of this at the time, what happened after the Minneapolis Miracle. They come back and beat the Saints with that rabbit out of the hat or butt play. Right. And then they go to Philly and they lose 38-7. It's a lot to ask for to get the team to reset after what happened on Saturday. And they've won the division. And look, the motivation is you want to be the number two seed. That's right. Because if you have to play the 49ers, you don't want to have to go there. They just went there. 
a couple of years ago and saw how that turned out. You want them to have to come to you. You want Brock Purdy to have to play a playoff game in that in environment. U.S. Bank Stadium. That's right. That's so, right. But but it's it's not it's just not going to be easy emotionally. That's the thing. Human beings are in those uniforms. They look like robots. They're incredible athletes, but they're still human. And it's a lot to come. If, if Kevin O'Connell can get that team refocused from one Saturday to the next to go out there and take care of a Giants team that is trying to punch its own ticket to the playoffs, I'll be impressed. I think it's more likely the Giants win a close game because I think if the Vikings go down two scores, they aren't coming back. It's yeah, going to be like they'll it was be like, uh, it's all right. Yeah. We're, fold the tents. Yeah, right. 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 I, I, I hear that. But uh, I, I think you, you know, your point about. You know, the two seed is real. I think I think that's you know, just just in case. You don't know. I mean, you don't know how it shakes out. Uh and what if Philadelphia somehow fell asleep at the wheel in the divisional round and, and then all of a sudden you go, Whoa, you know, we're 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 gonna we're gonna host the NFC championship game is a huge advantage, like you said, and especially if it is a Brock Purdy or really anybody, just to have to deal with that crowd noise and those elements there. It's a it's a big difference. Uh, and, and especially against Brock Purdy and a rookie quarterback and with all the pressure that's on the line. So that's where they can't lose the focus here. But, yeah, the Giants are backs against the wall still and still in a must-win situation. So there is a different psychology for both teams. Hey, it fell into the Rams' lap last year, right? Right. Not, not, that, not that it was, you know, the, no, it felt but, like a Rams' home game. Yeah. It was a 49ers' home game. But still, they didn't have to go to Green Bay. Right. Thanks to the 49ers. They would otherwise have to go to Green Bay. They're going to win that game in Green Bay if they got to go to Green Bay? We've seen that movie before. The L.A. Rams trying to win a football game in Lambeau Field in January. That would have been very tough to do. So there is a huge advantage to be in that two seed. You can put yourself in position to uh, land in the NFC Championship game. And Tony Dungy's made that point before when there's been teams kind of hoping to jockey like three, four, or five, like right. which wild card matchup is it going to give me? And Dungy pointed out the year they won the Super Bowl, yeah, 2006. they had just gotten, they had found one spot higher and they ended up hosting right. the Patriots AFC championship game instead of having to go to New England. So that one spot can make a huge difference, can make all the difference in whether yeah. or not you get to a Super Bowl or not. Okay, so I, I we agree on that one. It's more likely the Giants win a close game, but I, I think that there are other options there, including the Vikings finding a way to win this one because they understand the stakes. Bengals at Patriots. What will be greater? The number of Mac Jones passing touchdowns or his in-game screams, whether on the field or on the sideline, his temper tantrums, like which have become a fixture in his game day repertoire. Oh, well, I'm going with the Mac Jones sideline screams here. Uh, yeah. Throw the effing ball! Effing quick game sucks! Uh, it sucks. I mean, yeah, he's going to have outbursts this week. I mean, their offense still is not good. We know that. And this is a good Bengals defense that, you know, frustrates a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of offenses. So we just saw them, you know, frustrate the GOAT. I, I don't expect Patriots to put up a huge number as far as their offense is concerned. Their defense is going to have to have a day, too, here if they want to beat the Bengals. So sideline screams for me takes the cake here. Yeah, I agree with you. The Bengals are three-point favorites at New England, and the Bengals are that team that is still hanging around for the potential number one seed or number two seed. We just talked about the value of the number two seed in the NFC. They could get the number two seed over the Kansas City Chiefs if the Bills are the one seed in the AFC. We'll see how that plays out. Packers at the Dolphins. That's the first game on Christmas Day. Who will look more like 
an MVP in that contest. Aaron Rodgers of the Packers or Tua Tonga Bailoa of the Dolphins, who was the leading vote getter among all fans at all positions for the Pro Bowl. That only counts for a third, though, when you factor in the coaches and the players. It wasn't enough to get Tua on the AFC roster. Which one looks like more of an MVP on Sunday? Well, first off, I want to comment. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful, right? To me, that would have been a travesty. Right, and that just shows you the online backing of Tua and Tuanon, and you can't say anything about them, or they just the mafia comes and gets you. But that would have been a travesty if Tua was in the Pro Bowl over those three guys, the three guys who were with Jalen Hurts, the leaders, and the, the, the they're in the leader house as far as the MVP goes. So I'm glad that that got adjusted. Now, as far as the MVP this week and that matchup, I'm going with Tua. I am without a doubt. I mean that Green Bay defense it's you know, it, it scares me. I, I just it's disappointing. You know, I think it's 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 overrated in its talent level. That that's where I look at it too. And then now you got this offense who you know again looked good last week. Answered some questions about playing in the elements in Buffalo. Uh and now they're in their home environment and with a on a you know against a team that they're more talented than. I'm going with Tua in this one. I am too. And let me tell you, Aaron Rodgers' reaction to that article from Kalen Kaler of The Athletic on Tuesday from McAfee's show, I went back yesterday after our show yeah. and read the, every word of that article, which I'm still convinced Aaron Rodgers didn't read at all, watched again the clip where he was very dismissive of it, had horrible things to say about it, acted as if it was all made up. Every single quote in there comes from a current or former teammate. And I actually, when I saw the quotes from Sammy Watkins about how there's two different offenses, there's the offense that the Packers run, and then there's all the little things that Aaron Rodgers expects you to do. You think that, that got him hard for receivers shopped? to get comfortable? I had, a little, I had a little flicker of there may be – a dotted line connecting that article and the things he said and Sammy Watkins getting unceremoniously dumped on Monday. But he said that he, he said Aaron Rodgers was next level compared to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Talk about well, that was, takes that gone was bad. bad. Talk that about was, cold takes. That was <laughs> holy crapola. Yeah, that was that was that was back when he had a vested interest in the yeah. sucking up. The uh, sucking yeah. up didn't work, so now he's telling the truth and he gets fired as a result of it. But He's not a guy who holds his tongue. I'll be I'll be interested to see if somebody asks him whether he believes there was any type of retribution or retaliation. But that whole thing was just so weird to me. It's so weird to me that they trashed this article, which was very well sourced and very well constructed and very well written and extremely relevant to understanding the dysfunction between Aaron Rodgers and these young receivers. And Rodgers, I think, wanted to shout it down because he doesn't want people to make the connection that it's his fault. Aaron, it's your fault. Good morning. Hello. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. It's your fault. The team is scratching and clawing to make it to the playoffs because you didn't do a good enough job understanding the relationship you needed to have with your young receivers, they would have been better and more comfortable sooner, and you'd be in the playoffs right now instead of hoping you can thread a needle starting with going to Miami and winning on Sunday. That's all I'm going to say about it. Yeah, yeah. I've already said everything that I can. It's not like, it's not like I stopped short of, of saying what I believe. Well, I'm yeah, it's, it's, right. it's, you know, don't let the facts get in the way of a, a good bullcrap story. And, and then, you know, people just read the bullcrap and go, well, he must be telling the truth. You know, and, and that's the world we're in, too. People don't look up and go, well, let me see if he's actually telling the truth here and let me do my own due diligence. That's where we, we've lost our way a little bit in these conversations. Here's what pisses me off more than anything. 
Pat McAfee said they were all anonymous sources, I believe. And Rodgers is sitting right there, and he didn't open his damn mouth. All he had to say was, no, they, hey, Pat, they weren't. They, they weren't anonymous. They were all on the record, but I still think it's a nothing burger article. No. McAfee was wrong, and McAfee, to his credit, before mocking the article yesterday, frankly, I really am saying too much now, but he, he acknowledged that he was wrong about the sources being anonymous, and then he went on to mock the article reading it word for word, apparently. I mean, the, the article was well done. The article was insightful. Sorry that it causes us not to have Aaron Rodgers up on this pedestal and recognizes flaws and, and the, the fact that it's on him that the team isn't in playoff contention right now. They're in contention, but they'd, be, they'd have, a, they'd have a, a little X or a little Y or a little Z next to their name in the standings if he had done what he should have done. I guess if you were paying him $60 million instead of $50 million a year, he would have done it. Lions and Panthers, fill in the blank. Jared Goff will be blank in the Carolina cold. Fine. He will be fine. I think he's answered that question for us, you know. Uh, you know, head coach, biter, biter of the kneecaps has, has made him a different guy. The culture in Detroit has made him tough and aggressive and, you know, he's not gun-shy to pull the trigger as far as into tight windows throwing the ball anymore. And we've seen two instances this year. We saw it last week. We saw him when he played the New York Giants where – it was cold. It was the Giants game was right around thirty, if not below that. And last week it was probably hovering around there. So I'm, I'm not going to let that dictate how I feel about Jared Goff. And they'll be more ready for the cold. They live in the cold all the time. They live in Detroit. I know they play inside. They're still walking to the car and living their life in twenty degree temperature. Carolina be the more team I'd scare about with the the a temperature like that down there. They're not used to that. Detroit will be just fine. Kickoff looks like it's going to be actually around 20, between 22 and 26 when they kick off that game on Saturday. The coldest ever game in Carolina was 30 in 2010. And I think he'll be, he's proven it. He's gone to MetLife Stadium twice this year right. and won. Uh, this is a far cry from the guy. Remember the, the Sunday night game, Rams-Bears 2018, he just crumbled. Um, that's, when, that's when somebody we both know began to call him Country Club. Uh, Jared Goff. <laughs> That's uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Uh, I'm not going to say who that is, but somebody we both know called him Country Club, and <laughs> I, I haven't heard him referred to his Country Club lately, but uh, he was in 2018. Let's take a break. Chase Young's return seems overdue, and he doesn't seem to be very happy about that. We'll discuss that next here on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Frustrating off to be on the sidelines during this stretch? Definitely. Definitely. I'm going to play my brothers who are out there and fight, you know, to the limit. But uh, I'm, I'm going to sell this company. Ron has said that he wants to see you be able to cut loose and kind of just go. Is that something you feel like you've been able to accomplish this week? Or uh, Yeah, definitely. definitely. I think I did. So, uh, you know, um, like I said, I had a good practice today. And uh, I'll see where it take me tomorrow. I asked Ron the other day if there was anything he wishes he had done differently in this process for you? Is there anything you wish had gone differently in this process? Nah. I'm uh, good with everything, you know. Um, I wish it was a faster process in general, but it is what it is. Would you have wanted um, people to know the full extent of your injury? To know that this is something that takes a while to work on? Thank you. 
Hey, you know, the guy's almost crying there. I, look, he's had a rough go of it, and we don't know which way his career is going to go. He came into the NFL as the defensive rookie of the year. He was dominant. During his second season in November, he tears an ACL, and he hasn't played since then. You know, guys tear ACLs, and we hear all the time, hey, surgery is a success. He's ahead of schedule. They're already – Shefty was saying this weekend, Kyler Murray is going to be back in eight months. He'll be good to go week one. I hate that. I hate when that comes out, and I wish that we in the media – weren't part of that because what does it do, Chris? It sets a bar yeah. that now the player may or may not live up to. Right. And and if he doesn't, it's on him. He's the failure. That you know, they were trying to get him in a roundabout way to say, you know, maybe he didn't rehab hard enough. Maybe he didn't focus hard enough. Maybe he didn't work hard enough. No. Maybe it's just when this very important ligament in your knee tears and they find something else to put in there, whether it's a cadaver ACL or wherever else they harvest that from. What don't they use part of your other body, like some something else that they'll make it out of? Like it's not always going to heal as quickly as Adrian Peterson's did. And Adrian Peterson kind of ruined it for everybody else. He created an expectation that ah yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be anything but fine. It takes hard work, it takes effort, and even then there's no guarantee that you're ever going to be a hundred percent or that when you are a hundred percent it's going to be the 100% you used to yeah, be. Yeah, that's right, Mike. So that's I feel right. – and, and, and look, they got to decide whether or not they're going to pick up the option on Chase Young after this year. I don't know that they will. I mean, this guy started off great, and he may never get that second contract. He may he, He's still got to prove himself to the commanders or anyone else. I, re- I feel bad for Chase Young, and I just wish that the, the rest of us in this business would just show a little human compassion and sensitivity to this guy. He's got, do you think he doesn't want to play? Yeah, he loves football. Do you think he's football. malingering? Right. There's just that attitude. Didn't you sense that just a little bit? They were very – they, they, they were careful to stay back from the line. But I felt like there's just that sense of maybe it's you, you know, not just circumstances or whatever. I just – we need to realize this is a tough injury to come back from. Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of things there. You know, first off, you're right. They got a big decision to make. All right, and they got, you know, of course, uh, a de- one of those defensive tackles. I think Deron Payne. He's up for a new contract, and he's one of the best defensive tackles in football. Right? They've paid Jonathan Allen already. You know, you could argue that you know even before Chase Young got hurt last year. We were talking about he wasn't having a great year. You know, that, that was kind of the thing around football is that Chase Young has no pass rush moves. He kind of just does this and tries to power rush you, and it's like teams caught on to that. So there's a lot of people that you go around the league and we go, well, no, we think Montez Sweat's the better pass rusher compared to Chase Young. So that's where, yeah, it's tough. He's not going to be able to get to prove that narrative wrong or show what how he's grown. And, Mike, to your point with, you know, again, hey, a uh, yeah, there's certain guys that have healed fast, but we've seen Odell Beckham Jr. take some time at last year, and we're seeing it again this year. And, you know, when people talk about the quarterbacks, all right, well, the quarterback can play with being less than 100%. Yeah, I mean, we'd like Kyler Murray to be running around like the roadrunner and doing all that, but even if he can't do, you know, the Kyler Murray things, he'll still be able to play quarterback and move enough to play the position. You know, this is pass rusher. This is 265-pound freak who is as fast as Kyler Murray. So the pressure on the joints and the ligaments there is greater. 
let alone his job is to do what, Mike? Explode off the line of scrimmage, come around the corner, push with a guy pushing him that's 330 pounds, and just still go around the corner. Like, yeah, that, that's a little more stress on the knee than the quarterback who's got to drop back in the pocket and stand there. Like, and that's where I think you know, we have to realize that. There's a little bit of a different bar to get to that moment to be able to go, hey, I'm running, I'm moving great, but am I running and moving great with a 300-pounder pushing me at the same time? And that's where I'm sure there's, you know, a little bit of a, you know, obstacle still to overcome as far as that feeling and, and feeling the knee feel right in those situations. All of us just need to understand, these guys are motivated to get back and play. They're the ones who are the elite athletes that are prevented from doing the thing that they want to do, the thing that gives them their identity as young men who have been great athletes their entire lives. It gets them paid, and it gives them the fame and notoriety that they're accustomed to. They want to do it. This isn't, I'm just going to sit around and not put in the work necessary to get ready That's to right, go. Right. And it's a frustrating process. You can see it in his eyes, Definitely. folks. You can see it in his eyes. He wants to get back. And it reminds me of what came up earlier this year. There was a, a report that the commanders were frustrated because Chase Young aggravated the knee at Vaughn Miller's offseason pass rush summit. The only problem with that report was it wasn't true. It wasn't even there. So there's been this weird sense that maybe it's on Chase Young to some degree, and it's just not. Sometimes these things don't heal the way they do. And if he aggravated at doing that or trying to play and get better, then okay, he did it. Let's not fault him for, oh, now, now we're going to fault him for wanting to get back. And, and, you know, but yet when he's not back, we're going to go, like, do you really want to get back? Or is there a problem with you? No. Like you said, he's, he's a, football's his life. It's his passion. He was one of the leaders of the team on a rook, as a rookie. Uh, he, you can tell the guy loves the sport. And, yeah, it's a tough situation for him right now. It just hurts me sometimes, especially – and if we're ever going to do it, it's going to be this time of year where we recognize the humanity of the individuals that put on those uniforms and go out there and put their literally lives on the line, their future on the line, their health on the line every single day. We should have a greater appreciation for it. All right, commanders at the 49ers. Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey remain limited in practice. Is this the best defense Brock Purdy will have seen so far? It could be one of the best defenses he sees all year. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. You know, his his short little stint here as the no, starting. No, wrong, wrong, wrong. He sees his own team's defense. Well, that, I practice. hear you there. That's the right, right. answer. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That, that that's right. But they can't hit him, and this team can. So that's where it's it's a little <laughs> different. Okay. Uh, so there's a little more intensity and fear in your bones when you go. Oh wait, those two Alabama guys in the middle, they can actually hit me, and Armstead and Nick Bosa can't. But I, I think your your statement's correct there. I think he's it's it's clearly the the best defense he's played, you know, to this point. Now, you know, I think the thing that the Dolphins they put pressure on you and they do a lot of good things. So it's not like it's a huge jump from that. Um, but this is a team that you know can get there with four and and drop seven and do some creative things that way. And uh, yeah, they I think they can pose some problems for the 49ers offense as a whole that that no defense they've played here since Brock Purdy's been starting that's been able to do. Yeah, um, and look, the commanders really need this one. They yeah, they're, really it's need desperate, this one. And right. if they, if, and, and, and they may be setting themselves up for a return visit to Santa Clara in the postseason if things fall together the right way on the playoff tree. But th- this is a big game. This is a 405 
regional broadcast game, and we've had a couple of those this year. That's like, man, damn, that's a good game, game. Like right? A right. Dolphins. 49ers game from a few weeks ago. Like, right. boy, this is one that should be on a bigger platform. Yeah. And that's why I said, and I mean this, I mean this. If they're gonna if they're gonna have the Christmas games, and if it's gonna be Saturday, Sunday, or Sunday, Monday, they should earmark six games, three of which will be moved at some point to the Christmas slots. Because this is a good game that could have been put in place of Broncos Rams right. on Christmas Day. Right. Or Cardinals Buccaneers on Christmas night. Uh so Something, you know, the NFL is still kind of getting its feet wet and getting used to this whole Christmas Day programming. This is the first year with three games. They, they need to think about having some flexibility in the future because this is a game that's going to be lost. It's not going to be seen. And maybe it should be one of the games in the, you know, in, the, in, a, in a nationally televised window. Let's take a break. When we return, some of the fun moments you may have missed from week 15, Thursday edition of PFT Live. Two shopping days until Christmas. We'll be right back. You, Jeremy? No, I got no. Um, yeah, don't mind him. We're just finished. I got to finish that up a second. But listen, um, congratulations. You're the Pro Bowl special teams guy. You're the starter. You heard it, young man. Everything you've done, and I know your mom would be proud. You earned it, young man. Who said he coached? No. He wouldn't stop. Good job, Scoop. Love you, too. Thank you, man. All right. Nah, you earned it, like I said, man. I just appreciate you trusting me. I always coach. Told nah. you I want to do a while for you. Nah, I know you would, too. Well, I appreciate you. I'm very proud of you. I really am. Nah, you earned it, young man. Thank you. You earned it. That's freaking awesome. Robert Rivera breaking the news to Jeremy Reeves that he's the NFC Pro Bowl special team starter. Why you guys got to play that? I mean, it was hard enough getting through the show yesterday. Uh, seriously, can we can you you try trying to make us cry every damn show (laughs) here lately? I, that was that was first uh, off a great sell job by Ron Rivera, kind of making like something's gonna happen, but you know, like he well, he's might, cut might him. release him or cut him. What? Uh, <laughs> it was a, a horrible joke, but a great payoff there. Uh, what a special moment! Holy cow! Look at that, Mike. Tress Way also in that video. He made the Pro Bowl for the NFC. Our friend Ross Tucker chronicling the comings and goings. Of Jeremy Reeves. He's finally earned his spot on the Commanders and on the NFC Pro Bowl team, even though they're not playing the Pro Bowl this year. They're still Pro Bowl teams. And I can't complain about that because I said for years, just name the teams and don't play the game. And finally, they're doing it. It still feels kind of weird to have these teams named and they're not playing the game. But that's what they did last night. We got the full list at PFT. All right, matchup draft for week 16. We have a trivia question that Anyone that was watching the show Tuesday should know the answer to. And if Chris was watching, since he was part of it, I assume he was, he'll know the answer. The Rams were eliminated from the playoffs on Monday night against the Packers. That was the earliest a defending Super Bowl champion was eliminated from the postseason since which team? 
Hint, you are very familiar with their coach. Right. Not that you even needed that hint. Yeah, no. The 1999 Broncos, uh, Brian Greasy at quarterback, uh, yeah, th- that would be the team, right? Yeah, ended up 6-10. and 10, So that, that was an easy one. Thank you, Pete, for delivering that for me. Uh, very nicely done there. That's your Thank Christmas you. gift from yeah, Pete. That's great, it. Great you didn't Christmas, even wrap yeah. it. All right, so I'll get, let's get to the matchup. There's some cool things to talk and about this week. And two fat blunts. Oh, well, hey, that, that's a given. Come on now. Now, <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm excited to see, though, is who thought we'd be saying this, right? Geno versus Mahomes. Yeah, that's what I'm excited to see. I think quietly could be one of the more exciting games in football this weekend. Again, it, this is not a great Kansas City defense, and Seattle's aggressive. And they're gonna, they're gonna, they they don't look to go like, oh, let's throw it three yards here and three yards there. Now, this, this, you know, again, this Kansas City defense, it ain't the 49ers from last Thursday night, so it ain't gonna look like that where he was just under pressure and making it happen for four yard completions just to avoid disasters. Uh, I, I think we could see a lot of points scored here, a, an air show from both guys, and I think it could lead to a really fun watch on Christmas Eve. I did my best earlier in the show to sell our game. On Christmas night, Buccaneers at Cardinals. Let me try to sell the middle game, the dead spot game between the Broncos and the Rams. Because, because for the first time ever, after 10 years as teammates, Bobby Wagner gets to actually try to hit Russell Wilson. Mm. Wagner talked about it yesterday. They used to talk trash in practice, and Wilson always had the red jersey on, and Wilson said, you can't catch me. And Bobby said, well, we're going to find out if I can come Sunday night when Wagner is out there and Russell won't be in a red jersey, even though it is Christmas, and Wagner will be able to, for the first time ever, after all those days practicing together as teammates, they entered the league in the same draft class in 2012, and now Wagner gets a chance to try to take on Russell Wilson. That's it. That's all I can tell you that would be in any way attractive about that game. But you know what? It's a good little wrinkle. It is a good little wrinkle. You know, let alone, hey, it is still Baker, and we'll get to continue to see that experiment, and we'll see if Russell Wilson can capitalize on, you know, what looked like a a pretty good performance when he was before he got hurt against the Kansas City Chiefs and did some, you know, made some plays in the past game. So uh, we'll see where that goes. I think the next one I'm going to hit on is, is the game we talked about a few minutes ago. It's just. The 49ers offensive line versus the Washington Commanders defensive line. That's kind of a battle of the the Titans right there. As as far as you know, that all line has kind of got it rolling right now. I mean, it, it's it's they don't even have to be like tricky. It's kind of like, hey, we can just hand the ball off up the middle, and there's nothing you can do. We don't even need the, all the Shanahan tricks and charades and motions and formations and all that. Uh, and you know, we'll get off a week where Washington's D-line in a very important drive late in the game got pushed around by the Giants, and Saquon Barkley accumulated a lot of his rushing yards just on the last drive of the football game there. So they're going to have to be stellar for them to win this football game and stop this purdy 49ers attack they got going right now. I'll go to one of the early games on Saturday, the Bills at the Bears, Josh Allen versus Justin Fields, two of the most exciting players right now in the NFL. Justin Fields doesn't get mentioned because the team isn't any good. But as you observed on Sunday when the Bears managed to cover and blow up one of your best bets because you had the Eagles given the points, basically whenever the Bears are playing, they're going to be underdogs. 
take them to cover because Justin Fields is good enough to help them cover. Not win, yeah. but cover. No doubt. And that may be what happens. And you throw in the weather, the Bills left early, bomb cyclone, whatever that is. Right. Snow and rain and wind and whatever, whatever. It's Chicago. It's December. But uh, it should be fun. And the one thing we know about Josh Allen, he can still spin it through any conditions, and we assume Justin Fields can still run it through any conditions. That's right. I mean, that's right. They are. They're two of the most exciting to watch. And, I mean, Justin Fields is, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's next world. Next world good. I, I mean, it's, it's just amazing it's just as far as the runs he does. I don't care quarterback or not. He's as dangerous as anybody in football with the ball in his hands. And he's like, I, I would not, I'm not, never going to pick the team that's playing them to cover the spread. He's the, he's the ultimate spread eraser. There were so many times in that game where I'm going, here they go. They're about to dominate and blow the game. And then all of a sudden it's third and 17, and he does seven 360s and breaks 12 ankles, and he's running up the sideline for a first down. And you go, oh, my gosh. And then he makes another play, and they score, and you're going, oh, we're back into a nail-biter here. So he's the damnedest thing going right now in football with those runs. We'll take a break. We'll do round three when we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, one more round of the Week 16 matchup draft as we wrap up this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Christopher, you're up. Well, gosh, there's a lot of things here that I want. I, I'm going to go you know, the Cowboys defense versus Gardner Minshew. Uh, that's where I'm going to go here. I mean, we know that, you know, Philadelphia m- motivated by the comments of Micah Parsons and what they said about Jalen Hurts last week, and this this game doesn't need extra motivation, but – you know, I think for the Cowboys, this is it's kind of important for them just in the fact of, hey, yeah, we know they want to win the game. I don't know if it's really going to matter in the standings, but just to get them back on the right track here, and especially the defensive side of the ball that just got absolutely gashed in the second half of the game last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So can they establish some dominance, get back on track here against a backup quarterback who hasn't played football all year? Um, you know, I'm interested to see that matchup. I was going to go Tua versus Aaron Rodgers. We already talked about that one. How about Deshaun Watson against the Saints defense? The Saints still alive to win the division somehow at 5-9. And And Deshaun Watson beating the Ravens. That game didn't really get much attention because it fell between two great December games, the Vikings-Colts and the Bills-Dolphins. But I was surprised, very surprised that the Browns pulled that off, and maybe Watson's getting a little bit better. Maybe the Saints are going to have their hands full, and maybe the Browns are laying the foundation for something for next year, Chris. Right, I, I think so. I think they are. I mean, there's still a lot of talent on that football team. They need a few pieces here and there, too. The other thing, too, is just like, you know, I think they're playing more conservatively that fits them. It's not as wide open, go forward on fourth down, and guess what that's translated to? Like, yeah, we're 2-1. and one. We've won three to the last four. Uh you know, it's something I've questioned about them before. But you're right. That was a, a good win for Watson and the Browns. He may miss that dome in Houston. The weather's going to be horrible. The over-under is down to 32 for that game still. Worth watching. Thanks for some of your time. See ya. See Merry morning. Christmas. Peace. Peace. 
dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.